There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. <coughs> Brain breather time has arrived again That's the time that Jared sits and lets his brain breathe And maybe that lets your brain breathe too <clears throat> Yeah, that's a good solid one in the running Second episode, second brain breather I don't know, uh, is that what this is about? Because I feel like if I'm working things out for myself, which is, you know, what I want to use the brain breather for, to have these kind of dialogues with myself in much more explicit ways instead of just in my head, sometimes doing it out loud and to, you know, people who might be listening and thinking about them responding or having thoughts, uh, you know, the projected audience, right? You guys who don't exist yet, but will. Uh, I guess the idea of a brain breathing... I don't know, maybe it's anxious sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, there's the possibility that my struggles, my debates, inner sort of thoughts are, I I mean, is there a chance they're not the most peaceful thing? Of course, <laughs> they're not that peaceful to me a lot of the time. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, that whole Beatles thing, you sing a sad song to make it better. I do think there's something to that, just seeing each other in each other, seeing ourselves expressed somewhere externally in the world, especially if it's in like, more specific ways, ways that you think, oh, wow, I don't know, uh, nobody's said that specific, I thought I was the only one who ever had that little thought or that little experience, you know? There's something about that that's so validating, you know, to your experience, to your existence that says, oh my God, just the thought, just the knowledge that you're not alone. I wonder about the power of that so much. And... I don't know, like, like, why is that so important to us to just not be alone? This week's episode, I talk about this thing, Halt, uh, with, with Zeke, this strategy he has when he's uh, not acting well, right? Uh, halt, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. 
as a thing you should do as a self check in to see if you have those problems. If you're if you're acting, you know, if you feel like off, you think you're not maybe being your best version of yourself. And lonely struck me. I mean, I, I thought of this thing my mom used to say when I was kids, or what, you know, that she was like, uh, "Am I tired? Am I hungry? Do I have to go to the bathroom?" And I like that halt is basically the same thing, uh, but lonely is an interesting thing to add in there. Why would loneliness be so hard for us? Um, because especially, I don't know, I've, I've come to enjoy solitude so much and it's given me a chance to reflect so much and grow so much and spending time with myself alone, I think was so necessary to developing a sort of inner home for love. I, I think when people say self-hate oh, or self-love, they don't mean it's it's confusing for people because um, we're trying to dance this line of like, don't be a narcissist because that's bad, but love yourself because that's good. And we think they're connected, but they're really not. That that the obsession with uh, self as, as the primary never can be wrong person or whatever that comes with narcissism um, is different from creating a space in yourself, a home that is fertile ground for love to actually take root. And that is self-love, a love that is that belongs to yourself and is in yourself, is how I've come to imagine it. And when that space is not available and not um, fertilized, you know, not, not uh, cared for and groomed to be ready to plant seeds of love that other people might give you, you'll never have a place for them. Uh, self-hate means, you know, somebody offers you love or positive things and just drains right through that swamp, that hole where there's nowhere for love to take root and live. And that's how I've come to think of self-love. I'm the oldest sibling of a bunch of little brothers and sisters and growing up felt, you know, pushed a little bit into a parental role. Um, And the idea of self-love always felt so stupid to me because it seemed to think that there was nobody else in the world more important than you. That's like how it hit my brain. And I knew that wasn't true. I felt much more responsibility towards people outside of me most of the time. And as a result, never made space for myself or this idea of self-love. And that felt morally correct that there's this thing, sacrifice for other people and whatever. And even the airplane analogy of, uh, you know, putting your oxygen mask on to help uh, yourself before other people, you know, there's something about that that strikes our morality also as like wrong. What? You're going to put yours on before a child? But the reality of the situation is that without the oxygen flowing to you, you could like pass out before you were able to help the child. And so you have to help yourself before you're capable of helping other people. And trying to dance that line forever of like, well, how much am I helping myself and and really doing self-care in an appropriate way? And when do I cross over into being selfish? And this uh, is a hard thing, I think, to examine. I, I think about the idea of narcissism a lot. Uh, you know, I'm putting myself out there in the world as an individual, uh, just stepping out from the herd and saying, hey, listen to my podcast, or here's uh, pictures, selfies of me on Instagram that I liked or thought were funny or cool or something, and I'm going to put that out there, and I'm going to put my poems out there, and all these things that are very self-centered, it seems, you know? Um, 
it never felt that way internally to me, and this may be me justifying myself, but because <clears throat> it all stemmed from an obsession with other people, uh, and when it is centered to me, it's because the me that I am is not something I identify with very strongly. It confuses me. And so the, I don't know, it's felt valuable to spend time with myself and on myself and examining myself, my physical body and my thoughts and who I am, trying to be nicer to myself, things like that, because I did, I don't feel like it's me, but I know that it's mine and I ride around in it and I'm grateful for it because it's the only self that I get to be in this dimension. And so there is a weird feeling of like, even though I'm putting my things out and I want them to do well, it's because I have an obsession with uh, other people and their stories and their experiences and how our human experience might be linked. And I don't know, I feel like the further down this rabbit hole one gets, the more it's hard to distinguish when you're taking care of yourself or focused on your own experience or something that that isn't inherently connected to those of other people and all of us. And that when you work on yourself, you do work on the rest of the world. If you heal yourself, you tend to be a more healing presence around other people. And if you don't heal yourself, no matter how much you try to help the people around you, it seems like there's a very good chance that that core wound is going to leak through and sabotage things and fuck things up. And I don't know, every day I feel like I'm worried that that's still true about me. And I think that's like good to a certain point, right? Restricting and thinking about my behaviors and trying to do my best not to act from a shitty place, the halt stuff and not hurt people around me with wounds I still haven't healed, even though I think I'm being normal and trying to be helpful. But if I think about that stuff too hard, then you're navel gazing. And then you're back to like sort of obsession with self, narcissism, dreary, whatever. And uh, as I got down this thing, uh, I was thinking a lot about the difference between reasons and excuses. And that, you know, we have discussions with each other as human beings. And I, I don't know, it feels like I've always feel compelled to give a reason for why I've behaved a certain way as I've self-examined, even as part of an apology. Um, and it's hard not to have that feel like an excuse. Like, uh, I'm here's my excuse, and this is why it's okay that what I did was what I did, you know? Uh, but what do you do? It seems like, you know, I, there's a thing I read in a book that I loved that that I cling to because I love extreme things, but it just said the actions justify themselves. And if you have to you explain why you did a thing or something like that, then it was, then that's on you. That's the wrong thing to do. If you feel compelled to do that. And I always liked that because I thought, yeah, there's some ring of truth to that, that if I act from a place of virtue uh, or my best self, then I'll never feel like I have to I shouldn't feel the pressure to explain, right? To give an explanation, give a reason, or what could be an excuse. But what about when you have done your examination of why you behaved a certain way, and you came to the conclusion that it was from a good space, you you think, it was from your best intention and self, and you don't even think you really messed it up, and you want to explain that to somebody, then it is an excuse, right? And you do it with yourself. How do you figure out if you're making an excuse or an explanation with yourself? 
uh, you know, am I backsliding on my goals that I set, that I said I wanted to do because I'm afraid of them? I'm afraid of success or wellness or I'm afraid of changing any of my circumstances because I don't know what that would be uh, or whatever. Or is it just because I'm busy? I'm trying to do too many things at once. I'm tired. I don't know. Whatever. Reasonable, right? Reasons versus excuses. Or even if the excuse that it is a reason, you're not using it to justify, but you're trying to use it to understand and move forward. It's hard. I'm sure it's become dizzying already. I feel dizzy. I'm not sure where I've even gone with this and where I've concluded. Um, But I was reminded of something uh, my psychiatrist told me about in our most recent meeting. Uh, She used this phrase, analysis paralysis. (laughs) And I laughed and I'm laughing about it now again because uh, that resonates with my experience analysis paralysis that I can just go so far back and down pinballing through permutations of what is going on, especially if it's centered uh, uh, or coming from a place that is reverberating with my own negative feelings of that day or a bad experience or something. And, uh, and that can get you in a gloomy, useless places, analysis paralysis. And strangely, I think it's connected to my whole don't kill yourself list. Uh, what I usually have to do to get out of it is just stop, just, just stop in an insensitive kind of way. Just go like, okay, now I have to just do something and make sure that thing is, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not being, being clear, like do something, anything tactile present in the world and just progressing, you know, clean some dishes or whatever. Um, Check your schedule, make a list of things you need to do, uh, do some push-ups, stretch a little, something that just shakes your head and goes, oh, this is a human experience. I'm never going to escape this constant in- inquiry. I'm never going to escape my own incredible pinballing mind that can find permutations of, of every version of existence where I'm evil, where I'm saint, whatever, and figure out what's going on. It'll never happen. And just like we've known at this point, I think, that we've come to the realization, oh, paradox is real. I just got to sometimes go, yeah, <laughs> two contradictory things exist in the same space. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, let's make lunch. You know, I think you kind of just got to go uh, and do your best to be communicating from a place of good faith and be willing to accept that from everybody else around you too, especially if they've proven that they love you or you love them. Just to be able to say, look, I don't know. I'm going to make mistakes. I may have just made some mistakes. I may not even understand fully the inner and outer workings of them, but I'm trying really hard. And, uh, you know, if that's true, and if you are earnestly from a space of good faith, I think in all things, we can be working to understand each other and understand ourselves and gently move forward, becoming stronger and more vibrant, more present. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a gloomy day in Los Angeles. And it is beautiful. And I don't know. Some days that that gloom is like so perfect. You know? Uh, I love it. Maybe because we're just used to the sun. But I really think it's because of the moisture in the air, you know? And the clouds, the covering clouds feel like a little bit like um, those weighted blankets, you know, like a gravity blanket or something. But emotionally, the pressure is a little bit more. The air just feels like more lush 
green things are greener and it's just so beautiful and that cloud even like I wonder if part of the thing is the sad song to make it better feeling like (sighs) the earth itself is saying I feel gloomy sometimes too sometimes I feel gloomy and a little weepy also and that extra barometric pressure just lays on your shoulders like I know it's okay it's tough some days and there you have that thing maybe again that connection you know that thing that oh something else out there resonates with my experience and has nothing to do with anything they're doing or saying just this knowledge that we're sharing this experience makes it okay makes us connected bonds us closer we're just going to keep doing our best it's beautiful out there and in here I hope you're all well okay yeah thank you for being here on this brain breather I have reached a space of peace somehow through my anxious ramblings. I don't know how that works, but it does, and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, thank you. See you guys later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.